that sort of season of Christmas and uh, family and all that sort of thing. So I thought I'd, I'd speak to us on, um, on the subject of our relationships. Uh, there is no doubt if you read the Bible that God is not only the author of relationships, He, he, he authorised it and He designed it. So He's the expert in it. And I, I think that I need a continual reminder of how we do relationships better and better. And relationships I'm talking about are ones that make the distance uh, and are not just endured, but enjoyed as well. Whether it be your friends, your family, your kids, your marriage, your work colleagues, all the same principles apply to long and strong relationships. In other words, relationships are not found, they are forged. They're intentional. They happen on purpose. You don't just find people who come to our church. And we, it's a very big church, City Point Church. And there's thousands of people involved here. And I still have people saying, Pastor Mark, I, I can't find any friends. And my immediate thought of the word find and friend, again, is a little bombarding in my head. And I feel like saying, you can't find any friends? Have you looked under the chairs? That's where we keep them. You know, there's this context of walking into church tripping. Oh, look. I found a friend. But you don't find friends, you make friends. And friendships are on purpose and they're important. Uh, those that grow alone grow weak and grow weird. Friendships and relationships are significant to all the parts of our lives. Um, and we're good at many things. People are good, so smart. They're technology people, there's people that are incredible athletes, people that are incredible cooks, people that can do incredible things. No doubt there's gifts and talents everywhere. But I do know this, it seems to me the thing we need the most help with in our world is relationships. Being able to, even though we're designed to have them, we need God's help to make them work. You know that some people just can't even get on with themselves. They can't even, no. There's a story of a, a guy who was a, a survivor of a shipwreck and he made it to an island. He'd been there a number of years. And he was the sole survivor. No one else made it. He was there. A number of years later, a rescue crew found him. They got to the island. They came up on the beach and they asked him, are you the only person here? He said, yes, I'm the only one here. And the uh, captain of the rescue crew was a little confused. He said, how come there's three huts? And I go, oh, yeah, well, this one is my house. Uh, this one is my church, and that's the church I used to go to. People can't even get on with themselves sometimes. We all need help to do that. So I'm look at some biblical principles today that will help us build long, strong relationships. So let's start from the Bible, what it says about relationships. Romans chapter 13, verses eight through 10. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there's any other commandment, they're all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbour as you love yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbour, therefore love is the fulfilment of the law. This is the very picture of relationships for us. Then let's go on to Ephesians chapter four, verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed over your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification or encouragement, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamour, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ 
forgave you. Again, now we see not just the heart of God, but the action of God. How would I outlive relationship? How would to outwork relationship? So this morning, I wanna look at a few things that will help us in our relationships, whether it be our kids, <laughs> our family, our marriage partner, our workplace, our colleagues, and the people around us. Number one thing that we need to understand for great, strong relationships is communication. And all today's points start with the letter C. This message is brought to you by the letter C today, all right? So it's all gonna start with the letter C. And the first one is communication. In other words, it's not just what we say to people, it's how we say it as well. I think the art of communication can be missed in regards to just saying something. And I understand communication is so important at every level. But it's not just that we say things, it's how we say them is such an integral part of being able to communicate properly. Uh, I remember the story of a, a husband says to his wife in a very rude way, what have you been doing with all the grocery money I give you every week? And she turned to him and said, turn to the side and look in the mirror. So much of communication is not just what we say, it's how we say it. And communication is both talking and listening. Talking and listening. Um, and I find it's interesting that, that I, I don't think life is fair. I don't think we're made all the same. I, I find it wrong uh, that girls grow up to be women um, and then intuitively turn into wives and then intuitively turn into uh, mothers while men, we don't even grow up. We just want bigger toys and, uh, and, and we want our space and yet God gives us space invaders. And, and we've got this, this, this thing now with relationships and I find it interesting over the years I've been married and uh, the, the, there's a difference generally with gender communication. Um, and it's not everybody, but I, I wanna say men are generally headliners in their communication ability and needs. In other words, if I look at Chris and I walk up to Chris and say, hey Chris, how was your day? All I want from him is good. I don't need anything else, don't want anything else, I just want good. If he starts to go into details, I'm finding an excuse to move away. But most women are not like that at all. As a matter of fact, if, you, if your wife asked you how was your day and you said good and that was it, be assured she is now thinking he doesn't love me, he doesn't care about me and the children will probably end up in jail later because of his statement. <laughs> because they think differently, their communication needs are different, their ways. Uh, again, I think every man has failed in the job of being a mind reader. We need questions asked of us to provide the right answers. We don't know. In other words, there's this gap. It's so different to understand. You know, and, and, and we've got to make sure that we understand these differences so we can communicate properly. Uh, to, a woman, to a woman that answers means you can't care about her. Men, we don't need a lot of details. Women talk to listen. That means they say the same thing over and over again and it's always exciting to them. Where men's going, I've already heard that. What are we talking about this before? You know, it's, it's because that's how they listen. And I've, I know that to build a strong relationship, and that's just with your children as well as they grow up into teenagers, you've got to understand the difference. I mean, when, <laughs> women go to the restroom in groups because it's a social function. I'm going, yeah, me too. Yeah, let's all go. Men do never go to the restroom together 
Even if we want to at the same time, we wait till the other one comes back because we see life through a different perspective. So I know this in my communication levels has got to increase. And therefore, ladies, you need to make sure you're asking your men questions because then you will get the answers. And men, will you please push your mind for more details? Push your mind to give more details than you think you need because it's not just about you. Communication is meeting the needs of the other person you're communicating to. Communication, listen to this, is the glue in a marriage, in a family, in a friendship, and even in an organisation. We've got to get good at it to have long, strong relationships. As Lee said to all of our children growing up, use your words. Use your words. Don't say nothing, use your words. The next thing, the foundation of great, strong relationships is consideration. Uh, And this is where you place value on the other person. You pay attention to what they like, not because you just think you like it. Uh, When Lee and I first got married, um, she loves breakfast in bed, all right? Uh, Loves the idea of me bringing her, you know, like something to eat and a cup of tea in bed and everything. And because she loved it, she thought I would like it. So she started doing it to me, but I, I, I don't like breakfast in bed. I have enough trouble eating at the table without making a mess. So... In bed, I'm going, oh no. And every time she come up smiling, like, oh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) You need to consider, in other words, whether it's your children or your spouse, you need to understand what they like or don't like and consider who they are, their differences and their needs. It's so important we understand the power of consideration. Um, Think of the people you like to be around. The people we like to be around are considerate people. No one likes to be around a person all they talk about is themselves. Oh, that's enough about me. Let's talk about me. Or the person that every time you go for lunch or coffee, they forget their wallet and it's in the car. You're not around, you want to be around people that are considerate, people that think of other people. And I want to tell you, in relationships, consideration is everything. No, after you. No, you go first. What would you like? Consider what others like and you'll be, su- you'll be surprised at how strong relationships build. Um, in our house, in our bed, I should say, my wife loves lots of pillows. I mean, lots of pillows on my bed. Lots. I mean, lots. I need one, two maybe, but there's lots. And she's allowed to love lots of pillows. But if she goes away for a week or so, all of those pillows go in the bathtub. Because I'm not putting all of the pillows back on the bed every day. While she's not there. I do do it while she is there. But I know she loves it. So to make or to build strong, we've got to be considered. So the day before she gets home, what do I do? I make the bed and put all the pillows back on the bed. Not because I want it, but because she likes it. And I wanna tell you, if you want strong, long relationships, you need to consider the people in your world because it makes all of the difference. The third foundation or principle is concessions. Concessions. Great relationships are not built on always getting your own way (laughs) or what you like. I think concessions is such a significant part of relationships. It's that place where you get to, where you decide, I'm happy to have this, I'm happy to let go of this. It's no good winning the battle if you're losing the war in your relationship. 
It's no good being right if it damages your future. The art of conceding is putting your relationship above being right. It's that, well, I'm right. Yeah, I know you're right. That's not the point. Your relationship is more important than who's right. You see, when, when, you, when, when your wife saw you before you were married and, and she said yes when you asked her to marry you, she, did, she wasn't saying yes to the you that you thought you would be. She, she, no, she was going, yeah, I can do something with that. Uh, and you, you were taken on as a project. I mean, I, before I was married, I, I thought I knew how to dress myself. I thought I was pretty cool. But apparently that's not true. And after we got married, I would walk out, I would get that special look, which means turn around, go back and try again. At the end, I, I, I just sat on the bed with my kids and waited my turn. It was better than getting dressed twice every day. So there's some things that are just not worth the fight over. Concessions are important for long life or strong relationships. And even with your children, sometimes you gotta pick the battles you have with them. Don't go to war on everything. Concede on some things that the things you wanna fight over are important and valued in both eyes. The next thing that's important in relationships to stay long and strong is courtship. And as only, I only use the word, the word courtship because I was looking for a word with C. And uh, I was thinking how old that word is. Back, back, back. It was you dating and then you'd be courting, then you'd be engaged, and then you'd be married. Um, so the courtship perspective in relationships is, um, is really about being or keeping your relationship exciting by keeping it stimulating. I mean, it's been said, if there was more courtship in marriage, there'd be less marriages in court. You know, there's a sense of keeping things going and flowing. We need to keep our relationship interesting and exciting, marriage and family. I mean, you want your kids to think about their growing up as a fun time of their life, not when they get to 17, they wanna get out of home so quickly, it'll make your head spin. Understand, the dilemma of long-term relationships is that they're long-term relationships. They're long-term. So they're enduring, they go on for a long-term. So we've gotta be purposefully breathing life into them or they will flatline. You've gotta be purposely breathing life, fun, excitement into your kids' lives, into your friends' lives, into the organisation you work for. You gotta keep breathing it in. Do whatever it takes to keep boring at bay. Do whatever, you, you don't want to end up, yeah, that's the missus. Yeah, it's the old man, yeah, he's home, dear Jesus. No, 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 you want, relationships are not supposed to be endured, they're supposed to be enjoyed. And enjoyment comes with a perspective of understanding that it has to be done on purpose. It doesn't happen automatically. And some people are not, I'm not the most exciting, outgoing person in the world. As a matter of fact, I'm not very intuitive. Um, uh, Lee, my wife's so intuitive, she just said, let's go do this, let's go do that. And I, in my head, that just spins me out because I just can't do that quickly. So I've got to actually, I have to book in my date nights. I have to book in my intuitiveness. So it looks intuitive, like on the moment. Look at this, let's do that. But it's been booked in for six months. Because I know that if I'm gonna have a long, strong relationship, 
I've got to keep boring at bay and I've got to make sure that I'm spontaneous and level to keep things interesting and exciting. The next thing is commitment. Uh, the, the never-ending word. And, and, and as I get to that, let me just say, if you are in a physical, a verbal, or a sexual abusive relationship, you should not stay committed. This is not the context of this point at all. As a matter of fact, if you're in those relationships, you should see somebody and get help to sort out the issues at hand. But if you're not in an abusive relationship, then commitment's really important. Because every relationship, whether it be your kids and yourself or your husband, your wife, people at work, goes through rocky patches. You don't always agree on everything all of the time. So you've got to build your relationship on something stronger than just feelings alone. And as much as it's great to have good feelings, you can't trust good feelings. There are times where you won't feel in love. There will be times where you don't feel like the other person thinks anything of you. You will have feelings. What commitment does is lock down the escape hatch until the right feelings come back. You've got to have a sense of commitment. Feelings can go from great <laughs> to terrible in a matter of seconds. You know, the, the story the, or the idea of that you've taken your wife out on a beautiful day, uh, the food was great, the music was happening, it was under a, a star-filled sky. Uh, she's looking into your eyes like, you're my Prince Charming, um, and it's looking great. And then you get in the car and you say, one wrong thing, one, one wrong word. Maybe it's about a cooking and mother, I don't know, something. You said one wrong word. And those beautiful feelings of Prince Charming have now gone for a barricade down the middle of the bed with security guards. In other words, feelings change. They shift and they're altered. They're great to have and you want good feelings, but you can't build relationships on them alone. You need another hinge and that's the commitment factor. Great relationships have feelings. Some of them don't always end up good, but great relationships always have commitment because the good feelings will come back if you're doing the right things. And the last thing today is Christ. The last point today is Christ. You know, uh, I, I don't know where our relationship would be if it wasn't for Christ. Uh, like, like I said, I, uh, people do are good at so many things, but I don't know if we're that good at relationships. And since God is the inventor and the designer of relationships, so obviously we need Him, I believe, in the middle of our relationships to see them work and go to the next level. His presence, His power and His principles enable us to love as we should even when we don't feel like it. He can heal our broken hearts. He can restore our damaged souls. He can rein in this dangerous tongue. He can stir up empathy and compassion where we couldn't on our own. He can put to death our self-centeredness and cause us to be others orientated. It would seem to me that without Christ as our centre, as our own, we're left, if we're left on our own, we're not gonna do quite as well. And I don't say that from just my personal experience. I look at the world around us and I see the problems we have, whether it be racism, whether it be sexism, whether it be trafficking, whether it be divorce rates, whether it be broken families, whether it be addictions, it would tell me that left on our own, with all the good intentions that we have, there's gotta be something more we need. And I believe that thing we need is Christ Himself. He is the centre, the one that we can hang all things on. And we are smart. People, we are smart. 
but we're broken. We're smart. I mean, I wear on my wrist an Apple watch and I, I didn't get one straight away because um, I wanted it to be, who, who remembers Dick Tracy back in the 60s? His superpower was that he could speak to his watch and make a phone call. What an idea, it was just imaginary. It was his superpower. Dick Tracy calling Go Go Gomez. But when they turn this into a phone, I'm, I'm getting one of them. I'm like Dick Tracy now, I've got, I've got a phone on my wrist. You know that it doesn't, it's not even connected to my phone, it, it, it's sort of be a way I, I can wear this surfing and my wife can call me in the surf. Not that I would answer it, but she can call me. I mean, we are so smart, but yet we're so broken. Relationships, the pain, marriages, families, addiction, issues, sexual immorality. It would seem to me that we certainly need something just to put our hat on, something as a foundation. And I believe with all of my heart that Christ is our answer. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is who we need. He's our, he's our answer in life and eternity. His principles, His presence, His power really are our future and our hope. Great relationships are not accidental. They're considered on foundations, not just happenstance, communication, consideration, concession, courtship, commitment and Christ. And just as we close this morning, I wanna read you from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses four through seven. And it says this, Long suffer, love, long. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It doesn't behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. You see, I, I, I read that and I get the very heart of the God that I'm hanging my hat on for He is love Himself. And with Him on my side or in my team, with me knowing His purpose, His power and His principles, I believe I've got a really good shot at having long, strong relationships. And right now, as I look out, as I close today, I don't know everybody here and I don't know what problems you're facing, whether it's in your family or in health or in life itself. But I do know this, that whatever problem you face now or in your future, the answer you will need will start and finish with the Name of Jesus. He will be your solution all the way through. And the great news is, it doesn't matter what we've done or where we've been, God's not angry at us. He's, he's not mad at us. He just designed us, He created us, He discovered us for relationship. And today you can reach back in and ask the hand of God to come. He'll forgive you of all your sin, your failures, your mistakes. The Bible says He'll remember them no more. He'll give you a brand new start, a brand new chance. Doesn't matter what reason it is. Maybe you're in church all year, growing up. Maybe you've never been in church, but here's your time, here's your moment to say yes. The Bible says, if you believe upon Jesus, you shall be saved. Believe today and you shall be saved. Out of your past, into a better future. Would you close your eyes, bow your heads. If you're joining with us online, you too can make that decision right here, right now, wherever you are, in your house, your car, in a park somewhere, God's reaching His hand towards you. But right now in this room, if you say in your heart, you know what? I need to come back. I need to recommit my life. I need to come back and reconnect. My, my relationship with God has gone astray. Then this is your moment. Well, for the very first time, you say, you know what? 
I need this relationship. I need somebody. I need Jesus to take me into the future. I want to pray with you as well. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to pray with you right where you're seated today. But to acknowledge your need or desire, would you just lift your hand? Give me a wave and say, hey, you know what? Include me in this moment. Pray for me. Thank you in the middle. Thank you on the side over there. Thank you at the back up there as well. Others today, if that's you, slip your hand up. Give me a wave. We're about to pray. One more time as I look. Thank you at the back. That's a great decision as well. So look, one more time. If you haven't slipped your hand up, give me a wave right now. We're about to pray. This is your moment of return, your moment of believing. Father, as I looked, I saw hands go up, but it's not what you saw. You saw the hearts of your people open up. And you declare there's no greater joy in the heart of God than the loss coming back. The Bible actually says that heaven throws a party when one comes home. So I know heaven rejoices for these people. And in this moment, something significant is taking place. Even though you can't see it, God is moving in to be with relationship with you. You're being born again, made alive to God. And He said He would never leave you nor forsake you. He'll love you so tightly, you become a son, a daughter of the Most High God. God, I bless these people today in Jesus' Name. And so does City Point. Let's give it up for those people today and say congratulations. Great decisions. 